0: I'm going in search of witches. 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 Uh, I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh yeah. Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We have placed Vester under some strange sexual spell. And what time will we be spellcasting? Hey there, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about spirituality and witchcraft in a modern context. My name is Rand Lockard. I'm super glad to have you here today. Um, you can find me on Instagram at moonstone__witchery, on my website, moonstonewitchery.com. And basically, if you kind of go anywhere and type in moonstone witchery, you'll probably find some account that I have started. Now, whether or not I've maintained it, Who really knows? But I happen to know that you can always find me active on Instagram and in my Facebook group, which is also called Moonstone Witchery, and here on the podcast. And we have so many cool products and things, um, enchanted objects, hand enchanted by yours truly on the website too. So if you're needing a little retail therapy boost, please go on over there, hit yourself up. Well, hit me up. Don't hit yourself up. I'm going to stop rambling about this part and I'm going to start talking about other things. This is the highly requested and sought after and much anticipated episode, um, part two of Twin Flame work. So I left off with part one by describing what it's like really to be in a Twin Flame dynamic. Now I use the word dynamic when describing the Twin Flame situation because the word relationship to me is a little touch and go. <clears throat> now, there's a lot of drama around twin flames. OMG. Like, if you are on anywhere, that there's conversation. Um, people who are really into twin flames are, like, really into twin flames. <clears throat> there's some people who want to take that energy and be very like argumentative about it or they want to write about their entire relationship and say like basically validate that this is a twin flame and first of all nobody external to you and your partner can ever validate your relationship relationships are super complicated and there are so many layers and so many things that people don't People from the outside don't understand about what's going on within your relationship, but no one can ever validate it for you. Like no one's ever going to be like, oh yeah, that's your soulmate or yeah, that's a twin flame. Um, There are like signs and symptoms of twin flames, but that's because twin flames don't actually exist necessarily in order to be a relationship first and foremost. That's not necessarily their ultimate intention. Twin flames exist because they know that love is the most compelling force for many people. And in the pursuit of love, people will be compelled to do whatever it is they need to do in order to heal so they can have that love. And that is why a twin flame situation happens. It's really designed to bring about healing for both parties. Um, And that healing is happening because it is like splashing against the walls of the twin flame relationship. The healing needs to happen regardless. So that's just something to think about. Um, I heard a quote once, now this kind of applies, but it kind of doesn't apply, but I'm going to share it because it kind of blew my mind. As many of you know um, from listening to some of my interviews when I've been interviewed for other podcasts, um, and to those of you who are new here after listening to me on Between the Worlds, welcome and thank you for being here. Um, For those of you who didn't know I was interviewed on Between the Worlds, um, please go check that podcast out. It's pretty awesome. Um, What the hell? What was I saying to you guys? Oh, so... (laughs) Um, Okay, so I heard this quote, and as many of you know, when you've been drawn to my work because I've been interviewed on other podcasts, I do a lot of work in my life coaching practice um, around dismantling negative and toxic abuse dynamics um, in relationships, romantic relationships, and also in familial relationships. Um, So if you find yourself struggling with a toxic or abusive relationship in some capacity, it might be worth sending me a message and seeing if coaching would be helpful to you because that is a huge portion of my work. So I heard this quote that said something like, why are empaths and narcissists like so interlinked? Like why do narcissists always have attraction to or connection to empaths? And someone said, narcissists don't, narcissists are just putting themselves out there for anybody who will take the bait. But the empath is the person who grabs a hold like 90% of the time. And I thought that was really interesting. Like it might not be this like, and I'm talking right now about um, abusive kind of toxic relationships, not necessarily twin flames, but it was just a mind blowing thing to be like, the narcissist is is extending that invitation to anybody or everybody, but it's the empath who takes that invitation. So I'm just sharing this in case you have an aha, like, oh man, moment like I did. And you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to just randomly accept whatever invitation like is romantically cast my way. Especially if you are someone who is like, <clears throat> love's the like wounded kind of needing to be healed trope. Like if you're like, oh, they're just misunderstood. They just need love. And I'm going to designate myself as the person to give them love. Like sometimes that's true, but sometimes we're giving love in a way that harms ourselves. But this is not what we're talking about. Well, it is and it's not <laughs> what we're talking about today. So twin flames part two, um, with a twin flame relationship, its major intention is to bring about healing. And so in order to create this situation where there's enough tension and enough charge and enough power to have the healing come about, there must be this back and forth of coming together and separating and coming together and separating. And the separation is very painful emotionally for the twin the twins and they must try to strive to get back together again and the only way in which reunification which is the lingo in the twin flame sphere of the universe the only way in which reunification can truly happen is if both parties have done their self-work and have healed enough to actually be together so the self-work on the part of the resistant party in the twin flame dynamic is to learn how to accept love, like to actually accept the love that they so much want. They're supposed to stop running from it, stop pushing people away, stop shutting down. They're supposed to learn how to access vulnerability. They're supposed to learn how to trust. They're supposed to learn how to open up, put themselves out there, and be willing to be hurt for love. Now, the self-work that's needed on the side of the pursuant, um, the person who... Is generally more psychically connected although both parties are in a twin flame dynamic that's one of the things that makes them unique um, the self work on the part of the chaser who is the one that is not running from the situation her self work is going to be around um, asking herself why am I willing to pursue love when love is showing me no signs of being reciprocated. No, whoa, that's a painful one. But her question is, what is it within me that believes I have to chase love, that I have to convince love, that I have to follow love, contort myself, change myself, desperately show up over and over again, accept anything that you will throw my way, because all I want is some amount of your love and therefore your approval and therefore your acceptance. That is what the chaser is seeking. The chaser is desperate for the love of this one specific person, because she believes that if she gets that love that she will be validated as a person or worthy or something, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. This hole that she carries around within her feels like it will be completely filled by this other person and their love. Because when they were together for a period of time, that hole did feel completely filled by that person and their love. And when that person stepped away, that hole returned again. And that's a very real thing. And it's super sad and it's super painful. And we can understand how compelling it might be to to chase that down Why would they step away if they knew that everything felt complete when they were with us? But the answer lies within the question there as so often the answer does. They stepped away because they do not know how to feel okay feeling complete like that. It's scary to them. It's hard for them. Their self-work is learning how to accept something that they have made peace that they would never have but they're super secretly sad about that piece that they've made and thus explains the back and forth, the push and pull on the part of the runner. They will show up, they will just dip out. They will make some cryptic kind of post somewhere. They will delete it. (laughs) They will block you, they will unblock you. They will want to talk to you. They will not want to talk to you. And you, if you are the chaser, which most often it's the chaser doing the research about this because she's the one trying to figure out what is the magic element that I need here to make this shift. The chaser has to figure out how can she be okay knowing that if she were to be with this person, everything would feel better. But this person does not show any indication of being willing or able to be with her. And so you can imagine how much healing there is around that, right? Learning to be okay with feeling like you know that your person's out there, but they don't want to be with you. But we go through this all the time. It's called unrequited love. Um, when you know, when we when we strip away the psychic connection, it's pretty obvious what ha- is happening here. It's the psychic connection that really messes with the twin flames because if you look at a twin flame romantic relationship and you look at it just based on tangible reality, you look at just the facts, one party is indicating they are not into it. They're not there for it. They're not interested. They're not available to you. They're not opening up to you. They're not seeing you. They're not showing up in person for you. They're not showing up as a partner to you. They're not available in the ways in which your person should be available. And so what happens then is the chaser lives and relies heavily on the inner knowing that she has in the psychic realm, that there is so much more happening in the unseen side of things. And that's true. There is a lot happening on the unseen side of things. But that doesn't mean that it is okay for you, the chaser, to continuously degrade and demoralize and harm yourself by pursuing someone who is showing you no signs that they are interested in receiving your pursuit. If we ever want a twin flame relationship to manifest in reality, we must stop engaging with it solely on the psychic plane. It will never manifest in reality if you continue to feed it on the psychic plane. So you can stay in this situation forever. Having a romantic relationship with someone who is only showing up in your emotional center and through your intuitive knowing and occasionally popping in and chatting with you and then taking leave of you again. You can continue to do that for as long as you need. But if you want that relationship to actually exist in tangible reality, you must stop engaging with it in the safer realm where you both are easily able to access each other. And that is really the most challenging part of this work for my clients. I do a lot of coaching for Twin Flame clients and it's really difficult for them for all the very valid reasons I just explained here, right? Like getting on board with the fact that you just have this inner knowing that everything would be lovely but that there's been no indication externally to you that that person is interested in reciprocating. In fact, many times they've outright said, I'm not, I can't do this right now. I'm not doing this right now. This isn't what I want right now. They'll often leave a door open, they'll often leave it kind of vague, and they'll just sort of use sentences that make you feel like you have some hope. But it's your job to. Decide with yourself, I am tired of having a relationship in my mind. I am tired of having a psychic connection that doesn't manifest in the physical realm. I'm tired of trying to convince somebody to be with me. Why do we want love with someone if we have to convince them to be with us? And I understand that you are making room to have so much compassion for all that they've been through. Because it's true. It's valid. Your counterpart has been through a lot and that has made things difficult for them. I'm positive of that. And we can have so much compassion for that. But you can have compassion for someone else without harming yourself. You can have compassion for somebody else without harming yourself. When you have zero boundaries with somebody else and when you have zero like calls to action and you hold no one accountable for their behavior, accountability is happening. The hit is getting taken somewhere and that hit's getting taken within you. Allowing somebody to just never show up for you despite the fact that you can see the reasons why it's hard for them to love. It just creates a deficit within you. And the saddest thing for twin flames is that the more and more this hole tries to get filled, the deeper and deeper that hole gets until you're in this like pool of sadness that you just can't get out. And it feels like your only lifeline is this one person, but that is not true. See, the thing is, and this is what twin flame relationships are trying to teach you And in a way, this is what toxic relationships teach us too, whether they're with a partner or a mother or whatever. The thing is, like you are the only person who has ever been able to pull yourself out of that pool of sadness. No one else was ever going to be able to get you out of it. You are the one person who can save yourself, and you've done it every time in your life before, and you will continue to do it. Think back over all that you've been through in your life and realize that you are the common denominator. You're the reason you've survived everything that's happened to you so far, whether you wanted to or not. You've picked yourself up. You've put one foot in front of the other. You can do hard things. I say this to myself all the time. I can do hard things. Life gets really overwhelming, but you are the person who's been there with yourself. And the twin flame relationship is really designed to like create that pool of sadness so that you, you are the person who will be pulling yourself out of your own sadness because you are the person who have, has always pulled yourself out of your own sadness or who's always dug yourself out of the challenges that you've been through before. And you can still do it and you will still do it. It's just hard because in this situation, it really seems as if there's only one person who is able to save us. And and I want to tell you, you know what, that's right. But I also want to tell you that one person is you, okay? So you're just going to have to go ahead and anchor into that knowing and like get with yourself to understand that that's the situation that you're in. Because if you can turn around and if you can heal yourself, then you can come back together with this other person, but you will come together with them in a way that is healthy and connected so deeply because that psychic connection never goes away. That psychic connection is a permanent fixture. But imagine being in reunification with that person from a place of being healed so this is why when someone approaches me for help about Twin Flames, I always say, I will work with you and I will listen to you and I will validate for you, which I think is something that doesn't happen for Twin Flames enough that they're not getting validated that their psychic um spiritual connection is real. And I will validate that all day, every day. Um I will validate you, but you must understand that While your big goal might be to be together, when you work with me, your first goal is to become okay with being apart. And by that I mean radically accepting you are not together. And by that I mean looking at what's happening in actual reality. And in actual reality, if we bypass the psychic-spiritual connection, That person is saying to you, I am not ready. So your job is to accept that and to say, how can I make peace living in a world where I feel like this person is out there, but they will not be with me? How do I still make peace? How do I heal? How do I live? How do I thrive? How do I put one foot in front of the other? That's what working with me is about. It's about healing enough so that you are okay, so that you could have a chance at being back together again if that comes around. And of course your counterpart must do their healing too. But one thing that's interesting with twin flames is that what as one person works on something, that healing and that learning kind of finds its way over to the other person too. It's like you're sharing healing to a degree. But because the healing that the chaser needs to do is so different than the healing that the runner needs to do, um, it doesn't like you can't just heal yourself and expect that they're healed. But they will feed on the energy of healing, that forward momentum of healing, and they will be inspired to do their own healing as well. There's some other things about this that I want to chat about. When you're in a twin flame situation, it is like all encompassing. It takes over your life it takes over your mental space it takes over your emotional space but it also takes over your verbal space and by that i mean like check in on your friends because they are probably not okay <laughs> people having a twin flame relationship like oh man all they want to do is talk about their twin all they want to do is analyze the cryptic messages the secret thoughts, the feelings they get, the signs they see, the experiences they have, they just are very, very deep in the analysis of it. They notice everything that they are feeling or sensing on the psychic emotional plane. They're really aware of everything that's going on within themselves, their mind, their energy field, and they want to like hyper assess it. They want to talk about any little tiny indication they've gotten. They want to, um, you know, discuss the last messages that they receive. There's a lot of analysis and pondering and contemplation around twin flames. And when you are the friend of someone stuck in this, it can be really hard because you can be really drained from only hearing about what to you Looks like nothing but a phantom relationship. You're kind of like, what are we even talking about? And it gets exhausting and challenging. And you both want to support your friend and listen to her or him and really be in it. And you also want to just say, you know, can we talk about anything else? <laughs> Or you also just wanna say, you know, I have a life too, I'm a person as well. You know, a person with a twin flame can just lose themselves completely to it. I know I was guilty of this myself when I was in my own situation. I was just like fixated on, because you know, if I have a problem in my life, and this is just me telling you about myself, if I have a problem in my life, I have got to understand it in order to fix it. It's very hard for me to just accept something I can't understand, and so I would just puzzle over it like, how can this person know how amazing everything is with when we're together, and how can how can she know what we both feel for each other when we're together? And yet how can she still choose to not be with me? Like it didn't make, it was very confusing to me. And part of that confusion just wouldn't allow my brain to just relinquish the thought patterns, you know? Until I had to learn to just radically accept that I wasn't gonna understand it, but I was torturing myself by thinking about it so much. And I had to make peace with it. And so I wrote this whole like, poem about living in a town and building a house in a town called loneliness and deciding I was going to establish a life there and I was going to thrive in that life regardless of whether I had love and I wasn't going to leave that town until I learned how to like master it and be okay with myself. And I don't really know that I recommend this path to healing because this was very hard and and dramatic. And I always encourage working with a therapist when you're doing work like this um, or a coach. But yeah. But my point is, if you are in a twin flame situation, try to have some compassion for your friends. Try to think about what they're going through if you are someone who talks about it a lot and try to remember that they have their own very dynamic lives that they probably want to share with you and they probably don't want to hyper analyze the entire situation with you every time they see you. Just food for thought, but it can be difficult. Another thing that twin flames do a lot is throw infinite, seemingly infinite money at readers and witches for information and cures for their twin flame situation. Now, as both a reader and a witch, (laughs) I have been on the receiving end of many such requests. I will do love spells for hire in certain situations, but I often always try to direct the client to a self-love spell because to me, Why do we want a love with someone who we had to put a spell upon them in order for them to love us? It's the same thing as this runner-chaser dynamic just manifested in spell form. Do you see it? Like, it's like I'm just going to do anything I can to convince you to love me, except for my self-work, except for accepting that you're saying you can't right now and healing from that. There's a lot of disrespect fundamentally, honestly, happening in the twin flame situation. And that's a sentence that I kind of keep close to my chest because people don't like to hear it. But number one, the runner isn't respecting the chaser because often the runner just disappears, doesn't communicate, shuts someone out, just completely emotionally just like cuts them off at the knees. That's disrespectful. But then the chaser is like... I hear you telling me very clearly through your actions and most of the time your words that you're not ready for this relationship, but I'm going to continue to pursue you and obsess over you and invade your thoughts and invade your energy field because I can't accept that you have clearly told me you're not able to do it right now. That's disrespect too. I just want us to really like See that healing is important because when we're healed and we're not coming from a place of this person will make me feel okay, but we're coming from a place of I am okay and this person makes my life better. Holy shit, there's such a big difference there! And the twin flame situation is just like the frantic pursuit of that feeling. But as with everything else, like literally all the things are like this. We cannot get it external to us. It's like this dive within ourselves and it's painful and it's hard, but it's valid. So if you're throwing money at readers and witches to try to tell you what you want to hear, yes, they are the one for you. Yes, I see them clearly. Yes, they will belong to you. Just X, Y, Z or, pay. and then, and then I love this part. The certain readers, they're like, They are the one for you, but there's a blockage. If you give me $50, I can remove the blockage for you. Are you kidding me? Like... God, I cannot stand unethical readers. It's so stressful to me. Why, if someone is coming to you for a reading, they are clearly in a vulnerable state. And to take advantage of that and to like tack on more services that you are probably just fabricating is really just absolutely unethical. I will only perform a love spell for people one time if they come back, unless the situation has changed. But if they come back and are asking me for more love work, it's just like I won't do it because I don't feel like it's ethical. But that's just me. I, I really have integrity as a huge component of my work. And so not everybody's like that. But so if you find yourself like Going to different readers, and because I have a lot of clients that do this, di- going to tons of different readers, getting all different readings about their counterpart, and casting spell after spell after spell, you're just going to find that you're making the situation harder for yourself. Um, even me, as a professional witch, I have never cast a spell towards my twin flame before. Um, I think that one time in her life ever, she asked me to cast a spell because she was having a headache and it was supposed to heal her, like to help the headache go away that day. But I will only cast spells on people with their permission. But also, I just know that love that comes from magic is often problematic in some type of way. Um, And I just don't prefer to do to handle things that way in my own personal life but I just want you to say like a reader is going to read very clearly what you want them to say but a reader in their integrity is going to tell you the truth and so you must decide with yourself if you want the truth or if you want a fix of somebody who's just going to tell you what you want to hear but keep you in that loop over and over and over again. But try to monitor yourself and try not to spend too much money on basically these like dopamine hits from other random strangers that tell you, yeah, it's going to be okay. And instead start telling yourself, it's going to be okay. I am going to figure this out. I'm going to learn to be okay. This person is not with me, so I must learn how to be okay without them. And then if they show back up, you can have them. But for right now most of the time when i'm talking to a client their their counterpart isn't with them and they're epically not okay so if you are completely not okay because someone's not with you let's learn how to get you to be okay and then if that person shows back up again you can go ahead and have them but how many of my clients say i'm so scared that if i heal i won't want them when i'm healed and holy oh my god is that, not like, like, is that not like a red flag wearing like a red flag outfit? It's like a red flag is wearing a suit made of red flags and waving red flags at the red flag convention. Like there is so much happening in that sentence. Like if this is really your person, why would you being healed mean that you don't want to be with them anymore? Doesn't that mean that that must not be like an okay situation for you? Doesn't that mean that it's like, actually not all right already, doesn't that mean that secretly you know that this is not okay? Your healing will bring you only positive results. Nothing negative can come from you healing. Okay? I want you to know that hope is not lost in this situation. Hope is there, but hope is a little bit dangerous I always love to think about the fact that hope was in Pandora's box. It's the last thing. <clears throat> but if you remember, Pandora's box was full of all like the evils of the world, right? And she shut the lid just before hope got out. But that, what does that say about hope? It tells us hope can be a shady little, a shady little effer. Except for the fact that like it stayed in the box. So we think it's this good thing. But at the same time, it was in that box to begin with. You got to keep an eye on hope. She can be a sneaky, sneaky little one. The reason for that is because hope, when you ingest hope too hard, it becomes false expectations. Hope is good. Like we need to microdose hope, right? Like we need to like nibble on it. We don't need to bite the whole thing. That's too much. It's going to set us up for a bad night. But if we microdose hope, we'll be all right. Right? Like hope says, "I'm going to do this hard thing and hope and and hope that the outcome is okay." Confidence says, "I'm going to do this hard thing and I'm going to know that the outcome's going to be okay because if I'm here with myself, the outcome is always okay no matter what because I'm with myself and I have always been there for myself and I'm always going to be there for myself. And if I'm there for myself, even if stuff starts to go sideways and get kind of crazy, I'm going to be okay because I'm going to take care of myself. That's what confidence says. And I think that I want us all to come from that place of empowered and confidence because that is how we heal or that is how we are brave enough to face our healing anyway. So I hope that part two of the Twin Flame podcast was helpful. I know this is a lot to take in. And I also know it's kind of like a niche conversation. Like not everybody is in a Twin Flame thing. So y'all might be like, oh, I don't even understand what's happening here. But it's such a buzzword and it's so everywhere that... At least maybe now you can contribute to the conversations a little bit. My take on Twin Flames is not popular. Like I said, there's a lot of healers. There's a lot of psychics out there really trying to profit hard on the Twin flame situation, giving readings that are really designed to tell people what they want to hear, providing results or like promising results through spell work that may or may not hit because of the very multifaceted capacity of the situation. But what I want to say is I did make a post on my Instagram about this not too long ago and the conversation was very healing and validating over there. There were so many people who were like, yes, this is really a toxic situation. And the reason it's so toxic is because it's all coming from desperately unhealed energy and because no one is respecting each other and because it's so frantic and chaotic and the way we, like, combat toxicity is through healing. So that's why we're having this conversation today. If you have any questions at all, please send me a message. You can DM me on Instagram at Um You can hit me up through my website. Uh, there's, like, a way of messaging me over there. Um, I am headwitch at moonstonewitchery.com if you ever wanted to just directly email me. But in general... Um, I hope that this is helpful and clarifying for you. And I want you to know I believe in you and you can do your healing. You can do hard things. And your healing is going to get you there. It's actually the only chance you have at reunification is through healing. Because if this relationship was going to work without you healing, it would have already worked. You would already be together. All right. That is enough truth for today. Um, thank you for listening. And I will pop back soon with a new topic for a new day. And I hope you all have a blessed week.